pushes way up the racetrack, and now here comes Janzik. Janzik goes by Query, and he goes by Inman. Burnell gets a great run, another three wide for the race lead. It's going to drag race off of turn four. Shepard is there, but it's Larry White at the line. Still going to be Pamworth, and they make contact. Britton has broken the race car. AJ Slideways. Alan Johnson wins. Whether you hug the infield tires or rip the cushion, you found the fastest dirt track podcast in motorsports. Welcome to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. Here's Stephen and Brad Evans. Hello, race fans. Welcome to episode number one for season three of Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. My name is Steve Ovens. Welcome aboard here as we get ready to go for 2022. And I want to start uh, the podcast off. Uh, you know, obviously, this is uh, this has been a, a tough off season uh, for myself, my family, uh, and, and a ton of our uh, racing friends in the motorsports community. Um, I, I wasn't really sure if uh, firing the podcast back up was something that that I even wanted to do. Um, you know, for those that are tuning in and and uh, you know have not heard the news or not seen the memorial plans that are uh, getting put into place. Um, back in November, uh, just after we ended our season uh, in late September, uh, uh, the co-host here for Where Legends Are Made and um, a video and uh, graphical genius and, uh, you know, kind of a, a quiet guy if you didn't know him uh, or, or, you know, didn't get to, uh, you know, really see the the inner workings of all the work that uh, that he did in the background. Uh, my brother, Brad Ovens, uh, passed away uh, November 19th uh, from COVID-19, uh, just 16 days after uh, my father, Stuart, passed away from COVID as well. And, you know, I, I would be lying if I said that, you know, it hasn't been a uh, tumultuous off season and, you know, there was never a question about whether or not, you know, me personally, whether I wanted to continue uh, with racing and continue, you know, that was such a big part of our lives. And, but, you know, there's a lot of, there's a whole list of things that I guess I've kind of needed to come to grips with, you know, do I want to continue doing the podcast? Do I want to continue doing anything in terms of iRacing and, and broadcasting as we used to do in, in the past. Um, you know, what, what I do know is, is racing is a huge part of our lives. Racing is a huge part of, of, you know, the many things that, that I find happiness in. And though it will be weird walking into that tower on opening night and, and even for practice day, if we get to run it, um, you know, we, we just have to press on and, you know, with this podcast in particular, that's kind of where I've come to in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's going to be weird not having Brad as another voice here. It's going to be weird not having him as somebody that I can go to when I run into a technical issue that's over my head and, uh, you know, there's so many things that I could take to Brad and say, hey, man, I, I can't figure this out. Or if I did figure something out and I wasn't super happy with the quality of, of what I had put together, you know, he was, man, he was a guy I could just send it to and say, hey, I need you to take an hour and go through what I just did here and put the magic Brad touch on it, uh, you know, spice it up, make it, you know, dress it up, make it look fancy. Uh, there's so many things that I don't know that people even understood uh, of the involvement that Brad had uh, here at the Land of Legends on the production side. I mean, we, we talk about the fact that he was the assistant producer. We talk about the fact that, you know, at times he he got the drone out and was able to kind of incorporate that into our, our shows. And but, you know, from a graphical standpoint, from a technical standpoint, I mean, there just there was so many things that he was front and center on and and really a, a great teammate to our producer, Art Rorick. But um, 
so I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, it's it's been tough to kind of make a decision whether we wanted to keep these things going. But I do know that people enjoy hearing about their home track and hearing about the things and hearing about the players uh, that make everything happen at the racetrack. And we're going to hear from two of them on this week's program. Uh, Paul Cole, promoter of the Land of Legends Raceway, uh, kind of brought Canadagua motorsports back to uh you know back to its heyday uh, there's still a lot of things that i know paul wants to accomplish with the land of legends and but man he's off to a hell of a start so he's going to talk to us about his experience so far as a promoter as well as the things he's looking forward to this year and a huge topic of conversation is streaming video uh, last year we went out on a limb gave the video away for free, had lengthy discussions with uh, Clinton Jeffrey and Adam Ross at Ashwikin uh, Speedway, who, you know, work and, and operate GeForce TV. They've been doing free video for a few years now and have had a, a lot of success with it. And uh, we, we stepped out on that limb last year and, and decided to do free video as well. And it is paying, it is paying off, not just for the racetrack, not just for the marketing partners, but it, it's starting to pay off for the racers too. You're seeing more corporate sponsorships coming in. Uh, there's a lot that we talk about in that video streaming uh, portion of the podcast this week. So I'll kind of leave that for, for Paul. But uh, I think what I wanted to start this first episode out with is, is just a thank you. Uh, it has been a tough off season. Um, and, you know, practice day, opening night are, are going to be very hard. But I just wanted to start this year's first episode of the podcast with a thank you to the fans, to our friends, to our family, um, you know, on behalf of my mom, my stepdad, Brad, uh, my stepmom, Marge, um, Kaylee, uh, Melissa, Adrian, um, everybody who has just had a ton of support uh, from the motorsports community. Whether you were a part of uh, the NG Promotions Benefit, whether you sent a text message, whether you sent a Facebook message or commented with your favorite Stu or Brad story, um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, they will never, ever, ever be forgotten. I will think of them every time I walk into a racetrack, not just at Canadagua, and uh, certainly when we do this podcast, I, I will always have Brad in my mind and in my heart. And we will continue to provide this kind of content in his memory because he was all about content. Brad was one of the people who said to me again and again and again, content is king. You can have good content. You can have bad content. You can have content that nobody gives a rip about. But content is king, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So that's how we start off uh, episode number one here for season three of Where Legends Are Made on the program this week. Paul Cole, Tana Robinson, who has uh, got a great history in racing. We're going to talk a little bit about that, as well as her role at the Land of Legends and even uh, her racing superstitions. Wait till you hear that. It's going to be a good one. Tana Robinson is our A-Main interview of the week. But we'll step aside here. On the other side, we're going to bring in Paul Cole, promoter of the Land of Legends. You're listening to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. Well, fans, it's our first episode of Where Legends Are Made here for the 2022 season, getting ready to kick off our 2022 season uh, on the big track as well. And joining us to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we've got coming up this season and, and really some very interesting topics that have been circulating social media is uh, none other than Land of Legends Raceway promoter Paul Cole. And uh, Paul, uh, it's I, I cannot believe, I said it earlier in the podcast, I cannot believe it's April already. Uh, April has snuck right up on us and, uh, uh, you know, we've been anxious for the for the snow to melt. Now the uh, hard work begins. Um, you know, it's been a busy winter and getting a lot of things prepared, but now it's uh, 
getting a nose of the grindstone and uh, enjoying every warm minute we can get and uh, dodging all the raindrops on the other days. Taking, you know, we've, we've got a, a list of topics we're going to talk about here uh, in, in the time that we've got here on this week's podcast. But, you know, I, I kind of want to take a, a 30,000 foot view um, for you as a, as a promoter here at Land of Legends. I, I recall you and I having a conversation, you know, before any deals were made, uh, you and I standing uh, in the front stretch grandstands at paradise speedway talking about how something like this, you know, maybe could be in your future. Um, do you, is, is it hard for you to imagine all that has taken place in that amount of time and, and to see, you know, kind of where land of legends, you know, the path that it's taken or are a lot of these things kind of, you know, part of that, that long-term plan that, you know, doesn't happen overnight, but now you're starting to see some of that come to fruition. Like, what, what's your perspective on that? Well, it, that seems like uh, eons ago that we uh, stood in the front stretch and, uh, you know, talked about the things that were dreams in a napkin drawing. Uh, but with good planning uh, and good uh, execution, we've, we receive good success. And uh, a lot of those things that, that, I, that I dreamt about or we talked about, uh, you know, almost going on six years ago, five years ago, um, have not only met those goals, we've exceeded them and, and we've extended up bigger and pressure goals to move on to. Um, you know, it, it was certainly a, a big pie in the eyes. You know, you, you're looking at everything and get all excited and then realize you actually have to uh, go through the process and get there. And uh, although it seems like it's taken an eternity, uh, five years is a, is a short amount of time to uh, uh, achieve what we've accomplished at Land of Legends. And uh, can't, can't uh, thank enough the, uh, the hardworking people that, that come to work every day and uh, give their efforts to, to make it the success that it is. What is one thing as the track promoter that, you know, back, back then when, when you were getting ready to get, you know, and undertake this, this whole project, what, what is one thing that, you know, kind of not, not, not something that snuck up on you, but what is something that kind of, you know, surprised you or, or, or something that that's come along that you may not have expected when, when you took on this role at Land of Legends? You know, I knew, I knew racing was a, was a, a a difficult atmosphere to, to work in. Um, but I thought it would be easier than politics uh, after working for Congress for 13 years. Uh, but I discovered real quickly that uh, uh, racing makes politics look pretty simple. Um, there's, there's, a, there's so many facets every day. There's, a, there's so many uh, turns and twists. And uh, for every one person you're helping, you might be hurting another person. Um, those are very common things in politics. Uh, it's trying to find that right balance. You know, it's no different than even just putting the track in, you know, too, too wet and, and, and uh, less dust makes, makes a rougher track. Smooth and, and, and uh, little dust uh, makes for a, uh, uh, a dustier track. And it's finding the right balance and the, the equilibrium everywhere. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I thought that would be easy five years ago. Now it's uh, it, it's a daily and and uh, sometimes by the minute struggle, you know, if you you gain one thing and sacrifice another, and uh, that's the same with all the race cars. The same thing. The race cars have the same thing. You put a little more air pressure in, you might get a little more control. You take a little air pressure out, you might get you know the the change in the car, you know, is different just by what you adjust, and uh, you have to sacrifice something. You can't have it all at once, and uh, that that's the one thing I thought would be easy as a promoter. And uh, end up finding out that's the biggest challenge. One of the things that was really a, a big thing uh, for you getting involved in, uh, you know, renaming the track Land of Legends Raceway, but you've had a focus right from the get-go on exposure for our sport, and and uh, you know the the whole live streaming has been a big part of that. Now right from the get-go it wasn't uh, a free stream 
but that has uh, been a topic that's come, I won't say come into question, or maybe I guess coming into question is, is the right way to put it. Um, we've seen big figures like Kenny Wallace talk about, you know, streaming and, and folks that are commenting on his social feeds talking about, you know, how live streaming is making it so people don't want to go to the dirt track anymore. I know from looking out out of my window from the announcer's booth every week that that's not the case. You see it a lot more from the numbers perspective and where where your vantage point is on race night. Um, But I want to dive into that tonight because I think that this is a huge thing that's been a big part of Land of Legends Raceway's success uh, this past year and, and is going to be a part of its success going forward. You know, the, uh, the thing I took on when I, when I first realized I was going to get into Volvo Racing is to realize that you can't keep doing what it's always done and expect it to get better. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it frustrated me to go in there and see the people taking last year's schedule and basically starting there. And, and going back at the same thing. Um, you know, if, if things were improving every year, that would make sense. Uh, but the, they haven't been. You know, attendance at tracks have dropped off. Sponsorship at tracks have dropped off. Uh, you know, video was you start really starting to evolve and pay-per-view is really just starting to start to get involved five years ago. Um, it, became, it became a point in time where uh, we, we had to look where the future was going. And I couldn't keep just doing what the track had done before and expect to become successful. Uh, because if it was, then, then, you know, everybody would have been clamoring to be running a racetrack. And, and uh, I don't see long lines at most, most tracks for, to, to, uh, to be a promoter. Um, when we laid it out, I, I recognized that the youth, the, the things that were missing from racing were things that, that uh, uh, are engaged in, in video. They're engaged in short-term uh, thought processes. They're they're engaged in in entertainment. You know, you're watching every football stadium out there. It's got a you know the 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 premier game in front of them, but at the same time has a 90 or 110 foot video screen to entertain the people in between plays. And uh, uh, you know, even to watch the replay shortly thereafter. So I, I recognize quickly that one of the first things I did was bought the jumbotron. That was before we even opened up. I spent that money. Um, cause I knew the people I get to get the stands want to be entertained. And, uh, it led, that led right into the fact that we we're already producing it. Now, what are we doing with it? Um, it became a quick and easy thing to put it out as pay-per-view. Uh, but I also recognize that's kind of short term means I'm only, I'm only getting the people that can actually afford to, to have an internet access, uh, pay for the stream and, you know, and then want to watch it from home that's a very small select number of people. And I think one of the things that, that the, you know, Kenny Wallace and, and others have pointed out is that, you know, this has allowed people not to go to the track. I, I see it the opposite. I see it's, a, it's afforded more people to be interested in the sport and get there, but pay-per-view has kind of stunted the growth of, of dirt track racing on TV or from home because you had to buy pay-per-view. That means you already have to be a, a rabid fan. And if you're not a rabid fan, then, then you might not learn anything more about it. Uh, and, and you're watching, you know, six, seven, ten tracks that are now coming online, now splitting up the rabid fans in order to, in order to, to get market share. We need to do just what network TV did, you know, 80 years ago, is they, they found advertising, and that advertising, the backbone of, of, of all entertainment, um, to, to pay for the stream. You know, that there hasn't been, there's never been a pay-per-view Super Bowl. There's never been a pay-per-view World Series. They've always done that by, by selling the advertising and getting it in front of people. And the more people you get in front of, the more fans you're going to get. And we proved that this last year. And I've had a lot of promoters and a lot of people question why, why we're doing that. But we're putting more money back into the sport. We're taking the opportunity for people to invest in racing, whether it be an advertiser, uh, being at the track on our video screens, um, you know, in front of our patrons, but even, even more importantly, it's putting more money back into the race cars. Number of race teams have have added new sponsors or or reinvigorated old sponsors to get involved and make sure their cars are racing where they're, where they're going to be seen by 
uh, as many eyeballs as they can get. And uh, we're watching that up and down our our uh, our driver roster um, as they're as they're securing bigger and, and stronger sponsorships. And people say, well, why would you do that? Why would you help the, dr the driver? And it's not that doesn't help the track. And I said, absolutely helps the track, because when those drivers have the resources to get here and be there every week, their fans are going to show. And when they have connections to their sponsors and their sponsor who can't always be here because he's running his business and trying to make a living and using this as an advertising piece to sell the products that he's advertising, he can't always get there, but he gets to, to stay in, involved from home or from wherever they're from. That's what's growing the sport. More eyeballs is growing the sport, you know, and, uh, and until, until more promoters get that focus, um, a lot of these pay-per-view things will constantly be an argument. Is it, is it, is it, am I, am I spending the right amount? Am I getting enough people? Um, but I think they're, they're kind of shorting themselves up in, in their success by doing pay-per-view. The other thing, you know, and you mentioned it was the, the effect that this has on our race teams. And I, I know, I know how many drivers have come to me asking how, you know, how can I use what the track is doing and, and, you know, kind of use it to my benefit. How can I get those extra sponsors? I'm sure a lot have come to you as well. That that's a huge thing right now. We, we've, we're seeing drivers that are picking up sponsors and not just picking up sponsors, but retaining those sponsors year over year, because these companies are now seeing there's a huge opportunity here for exposure with the free broadcast. When I first started the first year we did pay-per-view, uh, we were lucky to average 80 to a hundred uh, people watching a night, you know, mostly you didn't find those are people that are already, already in involved. You know, it's a mom, it's a dad, it's a grandmother, it's a, uh, the wife who is at home, um, they're already diehard fans and they're already very familiar with, with what the sponsors are doing. I couldn't go to an advertiser and and, and adequately say to them, hey, uh, why don't you spend your advertising dollars with me on, on Land Legends TV so that you can uh, get to 80 new eyeballs. In fact, they're probably 80 old eyeballs. Um, so I have to be able to give an advertiser something. And I'm and, and, and in the same in the same breath giving those those drivers something so they can go back to their sponsors. Advertising is is an exchange of money for getting me more customers. If I'm a if I'm a if I'm a business, I want more customers. And that's where I'm spending advertising dollars is to attract more customers to my product. And uh, when they get seen at a track or they get seen on the TV screen or they get seen on the race car, that attracts customers. And of course, there's success, there's views, there's a lot of different pieces. Some people will, will benefit really quickly from it. Some will find it doesn't fit their, their niche the best. Um, but if, if we give more eyeballs, so now instead of getting 80 eyeballs or 80 sets of eyeballs on an average night, we're seeing eight to 10,000 sets of eyeballs last year alone on an average night. That, that's, that's got an advertiser's attention. They can, I can tell them exactly where these people are from, we can we can show them exactly where to where to attack them more. We can give them opportunities to to engage with their with their partners with with their with their customers more, and uh, it's just helped the sport so much. And and uh, people say, well, why would you do it for everybody? Well, if everybody's not successful, I won't be successful either. You can't be you can't be successful by yourself. I think the the thing too that they're seeing, you know, when they when they bring their advertising business to, to land of legends is, you know, there's so many different avenues that they're going to benefit from, from that, you know, advertising. It's, it's not just at track it's, it's on social, it's on the app, it's on the broadcast. I mean, there's, there's a, a, a huge, huge opportunity there. And, and, oh, by the way, uh, shameless plug here, still a couple opportunities left to get involved in the uh, 2022 season, give Tana a call for that. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the infrastructure that, that you've put in place to, you know, make sure that they're getting that return and, and they're getting those new customers. You know, and that's, and that's just a matter of sitting down and making a plan. You know, we sat down with our production team. We sit down with our social media team. We sit down with our marketing manager and we make a plan and execute it 
you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to go out and get sponsors. It's not easy to produce. It's not hard though, either. It's just taking a plan and executing it. No different than any, again, any of these drivers setting up their car and preparing for a night and then making the adjustments when, when, it, you know, depending on how the racetrack is or how the car is responding, you know, it takes a little bit of work, but we, we, we have executed well and, and uh, you know, it's taken investment, you know, like everybody's going to say, well, we don't have $10,000 to put into, into uh, camera equipment. And I'm, I'm like, you don't have 10,000 not to, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. And you're going to find the rewards are going to be that much more productive. Our attendance went up almost 20% in, 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 from 2019 to 2021. We can't count 2020 because we couldn't have fans, but we jumped 20%. That that was that's not just a little bit of growth. That's enormous growth. Our car count this year is predicted to go up, you know, ten to fifteen percent. That's again, that's based on the fact that we're providing a good opportunity for these drivers to be seen and their sponsors to be seen. And when and when we do that, the racing will get better, the cars counts will get better, the, the production on the screen will get better, and and it also gives us more to sell. We have more to sell, we have we have more fans and uh you know, we, we've just proven that over and over again, you know, the marketing is just producing tremendous results and uh, people are like, well, yeah, but you're giving it away. No, I'm, I'm not giving it away. I'm selling the eyeballs of the customers to these advertisers, which is the same thing they would be doing, whether they're buying a billboard in, in the infield or uh, sponsoring the side of the car. I have a question that, you know, I think, uh, you know, some fans or even, Hey, some promoters out there may be saying as they're listening to this, you know, this, this format, this structure, kind of how you're doing this at land of legends. I mean, is there any thought in, in your mind about, you know, bringing on others to, to doing the same thing? Is, is that something that's, you know, a year, couple year, is that even on the radar uh, for, for land of legends TV? Actually, that's uh, that's been discussed. We've we've had other promoters reach out to us. Um, we've got some offers that are available out there that, that can help these people bring bring their product to market. You know, we've we've kind of paved the way. Um, it'd be a shame for us not to share that. And you know, of course, we've you know just like anybody else, you've got you know some patent rights or some you know historical teachings. You know, experience experience has value, but we can we can help other tracks and we can help. Uh, uh, build the uh, the cost savings to how to how to grow other other places. I'm just shocked that uh, there hasn't been more more tracks in the country uh, sit down and have this discussion on a, on, a, on a really open level of what will it do for their track. Um, uh, they they spend a lot of money doing a lot of other things. Whether you're whether you're buying advertising or you're uh, you know you're, there's a lot of things you can chase and waste a lot of money. And uh, this one's by far is an easy, easy opportunity, even if it's for single events. I know our production team has been more than interested to, to help do some special events and, uh, uh, you know, get, get right to our platform. And of course, that's only going to help us. The more platform we have, the more fans we have, the more eyeballs we have, the better advertisers we get and uh, help spread that cost to everybody. And, and again, when we get more people in the stands, we, we produce. Um, we've got a lot of people that come back that have missed, re- missed watching racing at Canandaigua, forgot about it until they saw it on TV. They know there's no rival of, 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 of watching it on TV. They'd much rather be there in person. But it also keeps the fans that can only be there four or five, six times engaged the whole year long to be more animated to come the four or five, six times they can come. You know, some have jobs. Some, some have, uh, you know, other commitments to their family that they have to do. And some just don't can't, since literally can't afford to only the, the four or five times a year they might be able to go. Um, you know, and we want to get more fans engaged and keep them engaged. And uh, we're watching a lot of kids that are watching. Uh, we've got a lot of families that, that have never followed racing. Once they get hooked, uh, there's, there's nothing like being at the track and they'll be there. And that spills over to other tracks. You know, we've got people that are fans that have the opportunity to now uh, go watch other uh, other tracks, you know, they get hooked, and they're they're now a fan of Racer X, and Racer X has gone out to a uh, another track on Friday nights. They're benefiting from from our exposure because the person might live closer to to the other track, and that's good. That's good for racing. It's good for everybody. I, I think it's you that uh, uses that line. Uh, what is that? High tide right raises all ships. 
Absolutely. When, when other tracks are suffering, we're going to suffer from it. When other tracks are doing well, we're doing well from it. Um, you know, it's it, the, it's, it's not a, it's not a singular situation. And, uh, you know, people all the time say, Oh, so-and-so is doing this. I said, good. I hope they're successful. And with oh, so-and-so didn't do this so well, I said, I feel bad for that. I want them to do better. And people are like, well, why? Because you're, they're your competitor. And I said, you don't understand. I can't handle every race car in the country. We need to have people excited about racing everywhere. The more fans we have, the more people involved, the better it'll be for everyone. Getting ready to uh, start this 2022 season. Um, from from your perspective, you know, they're, they're, everybody's excited to just to crank the engines up and 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 hit the track and and the fans to come out to the track. But uh, what are some things that fans can look forward to? here in 2022 that might be a little different than uh, years past? Um, well, we've, we've, we've added the new legends uh, sportsman back. Um, you know, we, we really need to, to build that, those next years of, of sportsmen. Uh, it's kind of, kind of neat. Like uh, I think three or four of our sportsmen between this year and last year, actually going on six, I think have moved from the sportsman ranks to the modified ranks. Um, and that's a good progression. You know, that helps the, the future of, of, of the big blocks. Uh, but it, but it also uh, opens the opens the path for the for new sportsmen to get involved and, and new names to climb the ranks of that. And uh, we're going to see some of those new new names. They'll jump right into the into the heart of it. But we also have some younger younger kids that that and young young men and women that that need to uh, get more lap time. It's a big tri- tricky track, and putting them in the middle of the one of the could be one of the most competitive sportsmen classes in the country uh, can be can be difficult. So we we were going to get them more of their own track time. And uh, we'll watch them. Some will evolve real quickly and jump right out of it. And some might be there for a while uh, trying to improve their, improve their skill. Um, that's going to be exciting. We're, we, I think we're going to see six, seven, eight, ten more big blocks. That's only going to make that exciting, that, that, that whole uh, uh, division even more exciting because we have some of the best big block drivers in the country. You know, we, we kid it's the land of legends, but it's where legends are made. And uh, that's because if you can win here, you can beat this field. You can win just about anywhere. You know, there's many guys here that they're just they're happy to go out with a smile at five, six, seven place because they know that they they beat some of the best team being the top and being the top five. Um, we uh, our sprint car class is growing still. The 305s still becoming one of the most exciting classes uh, in in the Northeast uh, that's underexposed. Our street stocks and hobby stocks, boy, they they put on great full fender shows. You know that we finished a race last year five wide uh, coming to the checkered line. And uh, that's if it doesn't get the fans up out of the seats, nothing else will. And uh, you know, it's just it's just an exciting time to uh, to get back 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 in the, into the summer. And uh, it won't be long before the the heat's here, and uh, uh, our fans will be filling the stands, eating fried dough and hot dogs, and and uh, chugging cold, nice cold Pepsi or a uh, uh, a Coors Light or Labatt's. Well, we're looking forward to it. There's a lot to look forward to on the 2022 schedule. Um, you know, Paul, I, I don't know uh, if if you have one in mind, but is there something on the schedule this year that uh, that kind of has you particularly excited to, to either see how the event goes or how it turns out? Well, new things that on the schedule. You know, obviously, the uh, the ovens uh, memorial. Uh, be a great way to start out the year for our, our hobby stocks and street stocks. Um, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a difficult between day for both you and I. You know, obviously it's a it's a good memory for your dad and your and your brother, um, but it's also going to make some memories of uh, people enjoying their some some of them their first night of racing or their first night of racing in a long time, and uh, I think that'll be good. Uh, we're adding Summer Fast, which is a Super Dirt Series race in the middle of summer. Um, that's going to be an exciting three night tour that, that finishes at the land of legends. Um, that that'll be exciting because, uh, you know, these guys will, will be racing for a, a little mid season summer championship, but that should be fun. Uh, our, our sportsman series sponsored by Sterling lubricants. Um, that's a, that's a new unique piece where we got six qualifying events, uh, where people can qualify in a number of different ways to make it to the Jerry Harris Memorial, uh, uh, sportsman uh, race, you know, that'll be by the, by the end of the year, you'll look at that'll be the 30 best sportsman drivers that have come across our track this year. It's not, not, uh, not just to show up. You got, you got to, you got to actually win your way in. And then, uh, uh, you know, of course the, uh, we always top it off with the Jerry Harris Memorial, which is 
one of the most exciting and lucrative uh, races in, in the Northeast for big block drivers. You know, 26 guys go home with at least a thousand bucks. It's kind of hard to take a, take a sneeze at that. And uh, those three uh, 20 lap heat races uh, sometimes are probably more exciting than, than the feature. And I'm uh, looking forward to that too. Wow. There's a, a lot to look forward to land of legends, raceway.com of course, at land of legends NY on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Paul, we're almost there, man. I uh, appreciate the time and, and, and appreciate the discussion too, because, you know, we've seen it in area auto. We've seen it on social media. We've, we've seen our, our buddy, Kenny Wallace talking about it. Um, you know, this, this streaming's not going anywhere. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool that, uh, that our track here in Canandaigua, New York, uh, gets to be a, a pretty prominent part of that discussion. It's not killing racing. It's only making it better. Um, you know, it's not, we're not losing concessions. We're not losing swag sales. We're gaining those things. Those things, those percentages are going up. And uh, that's, that's due to giving away the, uh, the best product we have, and that's our racing. You know, being there, there's nothing like being there, but you got to be able to want to watch it first. And uh, we, we've excelled with that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of places around the country that, that reached out to us and said, not only do we offer it for free, but it's one of the best productions that's in the, that's in the country. And uh, again, that takes, that takes effort. It takes, it takes the ability to, to be, to want to exceed, succeed at it. You know, anybody give away for free, you know, a lot of stands, people are, are put, pick up their phone and putting up Facebook live. And sometimes that's the roughest video you could possibly ever watch. Um, but we're giving, you know, top notch quality uh, streaming away with graphics uh, that, that, that are unparalleled and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to put a, put a tune in for Stephen Evans, one of the best announcers in the country right right now. Um, he's he, he'll make you get out of your seat at home uh, when you when when the cars are coming to the to the checkered flag, and uh, that takes a special knack and and uh, only adds to the flavor of what we're offering from Land of Legends. Well, man, we're we're almost there. We're almost there. It's going to be exciting, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks. All right, that's Paul Cole, promoter of the Land of Legends Raceway, uh, one of our featured guests when we come back, our second featured guest for the first podcast of the season. Uh, Tanner Robinson's going to join us to tell us all about all the great things on the marketing side and a little something for the kids coming up. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about the Little Legends Kids Club coming up here in just a little bit. By the grace of God and 800 horsepower, it's time for the A-Main Interview of the Week. Welcome back, fans, to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. And it's right, it's our A-Main Interview of the Week. And I thought it was appropriate after having Paul on the show today that, uh, that we talked to somebody here for our A-Main Interview of the Week who, by the end of Saturday Saturday afternoon and Saturday night probably feels like she's done a 150 lap a main <laughs> at the land of legends, Tana Robinson joining us here on where legends are made. And, uh, Tana, I, I know I got a laugh there. I, I can't imagine, uh, what race day is like, because you are the first one to arrive, typically one of the last ones to leave. And, and there's so much thing, so many things that happen on a race day, that, that people just don't really have any idea of, of, of what happens to put a show on. Yeah, you know, a lot of people really don't. Um, first and foremost, it's my favorite day of the week. There's no question. I might do 14 hours-ish, you know, on average on a Saturday, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I really do enjoy it. And I have been teased many times about being so fortunate to be able to, you know, get paid to do my hobby. But it truly is a lot of work. Um, it, it's not the, oh, you guys open the gates on race day and, you know, we go racing. There's a lot of work that goes into race day all week long, not to even talk about all, all off season. You know, the off season is probably the busiest time of the year. If, if fans that, you know, they, they know you from land of legends now here for the last, for the last season and coming into the, this season now, like, I, but some people that have been around the sport for quite a while, 
you know, associate well, Tana Robinson. She, she was Ransomville, Ransomville Speedway. <laughs> but what, what year did you get started at Ransomville? So it's, it's kind of really a funny story. A lot of people know me, um, who know me, know me very well, and I can be outspoken. And I get that from my gram, but um, way back in like, I think everybody will remember uh, the super dirt week. I think it was 89 when um, Danny and Frank Cozy got together in turn one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was literally in the hospital having my second son and a friend of mine called me from the track and said, good thing you had Michael, because if you'd have been here, you would have went into labor. I was always a big Danny fan. And um, somebody had written uh, their take of, you know, how they felt it unfold. And then I wasn't there, but I did at that time, it was VHS. <laughs> I did order it and I watched it and I slow mode it. And I was like, I totally disagree with you. But so I, I, I wrote the guy and told him my opinion and he responded back, Hey, you know, Gary Spade and dirt track and magazines looking for writers. You should do it. And that's where it started. Okay. Um, I didn't yeah. even know that part of it. Okay. Yeah. I started writing for dirt track and magazine and then Gator racing news. And, um, you know, kind of a sad thing happened in Western New York with the passing of Alex Friesen. Um, it left us a bit of a void at the Speedway in regards to PR. So um, Trish Friesen had given me a call and asked me if I would like to just start doing all the tracks PR since I was already doing stories about the track. And yeah, I had zero writing um, knowledge. Like I was not, I did not take writing, didn't go to school for it, any of it. But the passion you know, if you have a passion for something, you can pretty much almost do anything that it's involved with. So um, I ended up doing the PR and two years later, Jamie Friesen said, hey, how about you start selling advertising for us? And I'm like, sure, why not? I didn't have any marketing background either. Um, and that was the year 2000. And they actually brought me into work at Lancaster uh, briefly before moving me to Ransomville because they sold Lancaster. And that's when it started. I started full-time in the year 2000 there, um, mainly handling all the ticketing and the marketing. And it just really um, turned into a management position. And, you know, it'll, it'll always be my, my true love there. That uh, place is home. It really is. So from that perspective uh, on the management side of things and, and, you know, taking that experience and now fast forwarding to 2022, what's interesting, I think for, for, you know, the role that you have and, and some of the things that you and I get to work together on, on the marketing and social media side of things there really isn't, uh, I mean, there's an off season. We're not racing at the track, but there, especially for your role, I'll say there really isn't an off season necessarily. There really isn't, you know, I mean, we, we stopped racing in mid September and, and I, I work super dirt week and then all of a sudden, you know, then there's dirt week and we get into the end of October and now it's time to send all of the sponsors and advertisers. Thank yous. You know, you, you have, just because the season's over, their event is over, whatever have you, you, it doesn't stop. You, you have to continue working on those sponsors and advertisers all year long. It, it takes a thank you. Um, back in the day when there was a lot of print advertising, I would send copies of their, any ad that they appeared in, they got, they got a copy of it in the mail. Um, if they, when you put them on Facebook, I'm screenshotting that and the link and they're getting sent that link. So in the fall, I'm doing a lot of follow-up with all of them and come November, you start right back in and trying to get them all signed for the next year and recruit new ones. You can't wait too long because, you know, budgets get set. So if you wait too long to dive into that, a lot of companies are just, Hey, sorry, we've already allocated all of our dollars. And you've missed the the opportunity. So you really do have to start it in like November. And of course, we have the banquet too. That that's basically like planning a wedding when it comes to all the seating and everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the feedback you're getting from the sponsors. I mean, people, you know, the, they see on social media when when we've got marketing partners that are coming back on board, and and I think that's been a huge theme 
particularly this off season is, you know, sponsors who may have been there for the first time last year or signed on for the first time in a while. Now we're not saying, Oh, we've got a new sponsor. Now the, the lingo is we have re-signed a sponsor that's coming back. They liked what they got last year. They're coming back for more. What, what has that feedback been like, you know, for, for you, because you get to have these conversations with folks and get their impression of, of how, what, how things are happening. Well, you know, um, and I, and people have said to me, Oh my gosh, you're so good at it. It's not really. And I said it a little bit ago, when you have a passion for something, I couldn't sell you a used car. I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's because I love racing that gives me the ability to sell it. And also the attention to detail. And that's what I tell people all the time. You know, even drivers who sign on a sponsor, whatever you tell them you're going to do for them, you have to deliver. Dot every I, cross every T. Everything in their contract, you have to make sure gets taken care of. Sometimes I'm a bit of a pain in the butt with everybody because I'm, you know, hounding people. Hey, we got to, you know, we got to get this interview done. We can't not, it can't not happen. Has to happen. All those things lead to those conversations because it leads them to saying, hey, you know what? Like, we want to be back on board. We want to be a part of it. It's, it serves a couple of purposes. A lot of companies do the company nights and that gives them a, kind of a well-rounded package. They get the opportunity to entertain. It could be employees, customers, family, um, or what have you. And it gives them a vast amount of advertising along with it. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And then they're the companies that, you know, do the strictly the advertising. But again, you, you need to deliver on all of that, which leads to those conversations of people wanting to come back and word of mouth leads to a lot of new people. You know, it's, it's very rewarding when you get those phone calls. Very, yeah. very rewarding. Absolutely. In terms of, you know, let, let's, let's shift to, uh, to, to race day now. Um, most challenging, the, the marketing season of getting all of these things in place or the, you know, an actual race week, I guess I should set race day aside, but for, for you busiest and hectic, is it, is it race week? Uh, it's race day. Okay. Um, race week I have, and I, and I, I had a routine at Ransomville and I pretty much adopted it into my role here at Land of Legends. I have things I do each day. Um, so I try to, I try to spread it out a little bit. So I don't have myself going crazy. Um, there's some things you have to wait until, you know, race day. And weather plays a huge part in that. You know, if it's absolutely nothing but gorgeous forecast for Saturday, I can print the tickets off ahead of time. I can get all that stuff ready. If it's, oh boy, like there's a chance of rain, I'm not going to print those tickets off till race day because they're dated. So now they're garbage if we don't run. So I, I try to be, um, you know, smart. I don't want to waste money. So I will hold off on things like that. But I would say race day is the most hectic for sure. Um, and the most stressful. Yeah, definitely the most stressful, especially when there's a chance of rain, because everybody's a meteorologist. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, what people don't understand is you have to wait for it to actually rain. At least that's my mindset. It's not everybody, not everyone out there agrees with that. I don't like canceling for radar. What if it misses you? You know, we have 20 weeks. And if you lose one that you might've been able to get in, that's a loss, that's a loss you can't get back. Sure. And, and, it, and it just leads to the sponsorship piece and the rescheduling. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many moving parts, but it's, uh, it's definitely a stressful environment on race day. 2022, what, what has you excited for, this season, it, you know, every season has its own thing that makes it special or makes it unique. But, you know, in the planning process here, we haven't raced a week yet, but in the planning process, what has you most excited about this season? You might find it very odd because the first thing that pops into my head is our apparel. 
because yes. we're moving, because we're moving it. <laughs> and um, I feel like it needs to have its own home. It needs to have a place that people can go and hang out and, you know, look things over and just not feel rushed. Um, I think having it been a part of another window made it difficult for people to do that. So I'm really excited that it's being moved. And I think we're going to, um, that that's going to really expand. I have a lot of ideas, things I want to bring in. Of course, it takes good time to do that. Um, you know, it's a slow go because it's a lot to invest in. Also the car count. Like I'm, you know, Paul and I've had these conversations. Uh, we're going to have enough space, which is a great problem to have. Um, but the car count, it's everybody that we hear is coming. That's exciting. And it speaks to this. It speaks to the facility and it speaks to every piece of land of legends, not yes. just, not just, you know, the marketing piece, but the racing piece and the, the officials and the staff and to you guys up in the tower and the amazing things that our production does. Those things collectively are why people are coming there. And I think you and Paul both hear this uh, a lot in your ventures on race night. You know, we're, we're seeing people come back to the track that, you know, haven't been just like the, on the marketing side, we're seeing people that are either making their first trip here, they're making their first trip in a while, um, or, you know, and we still, it does not matter. I've, I found this on our full fender night. It does not matter what is racing at land of legends raceway. People are coming to land of legends raceway to see what's going on. Um, but, but the conversations, the, the, the new fans or fans that are coming back after a while, uh, th those conversations have to be just so interesting for you and Paul to take in on a race night because people are, you know, have had that opportunity to see the free broadcast and kind of, you know, as we say, test us out before you come extend the elbow. Yeah. And, you know, there was a, a lot of, um, people questioning Paul's decision in doing free TV. And I certainly was one of them. Um, I was brought up that we have one, one product to sell and that's racing. And it's hard to, to give that away, but we have seen the result of it. We have seen, as you, you touched on the new people getting introduced to it, you know, now it costs them nothing to check it out, check it out online. Hey, that, that looks pretty cool. We all know being in person, is the only true way to experience it and enjoy it in its fullest. But being able to take a peek at it and check it out and see if it's something you wanna go spend your hard-earned money on, the free TV gives that, gives people that option. It gets introduced to people who didn't even think about it. You know, when they're showing it in bars, you know, Proudy's bar, they show it every Saturday. People who go in there for dinner, have a drink or two, can catch this on TV and it, it piques their interest. The next thing you know, they're coming through the gate. People who maybe have gotten turned off for whatever the reason may have been. And now, well, okay, we'll take a look at it. And they see the many changes and the improvements and how great it is and how exciting and fun it is. They're back through the gate. And, and the marketing piece. Again, I keep circling back to the marketing piece. The exposure that the companies who invest with us are receiving now is absolutely gigantic. Like I, I don't even know if there's a word to really, to really put on it. It's just huge. They're the exposures. You know, we know how many devices sign in, but how many people are at those locations watching? You absolutely. know, there's, there's no way to put a number on that. How often do we see a picture of, you know, 10 people around the camper with the big screen TV watching <laughs> from camp or, uh, or from you know, our parking lot that happened <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the people that, um, you know, throw a, a white bed sheet on the garage door up in Canada and, and they have a little family <laughs> picnic and, and watch the racing or our Bye. friends. I, I got to give a shout out to, to our friends down in Atlanta, Georgia, who are originally from this area. Uh, but you know, move down to, and they all live within like a one mile radius of each other. 
and they all get together now on a Saturday night and watch the racing from New York. So it's, uh, it's pretty wild. And that's, you know, that's one of my pitches to companies. You don't have to be in our backyard anymore to advertise with us. You know, you, because we're reaching everywhere. We're reaching Atlanta, Georgia, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we're reaching other countries into Canada and, and others. It's like the reach is endless. It is a perfect time to be a part of the Land of Legends Raceway without question. And, and we also, we also have something for the kids, which I'm, I think is going to be awesome. Uh, The addition of the little legends program, tell us a little bit about the idea there and, and, and what that will look like. Um, Well, I mean, it's, it's um, really been handed over to Pam Dinkins. Um, When we discussed bringing back the kids club and what we're referring to as the little legends, she was the first person to came, come to mind because I've seen her in action doing it at another facility for a few years and she's awesome at it. There'll be crafts, there'll be things that'll, you know, Mother's Day is coming up, they'll be doing a craft for moms. It gives the parents an opportunity to, you know, have give their kids something to do before racing gets started. They'll have no concerns or worries. Their kids will be well taken care of, well entertained. Um, Listen, the youngsters are our future. You know, they are, the young generation is our racing future. And we need to get them wanting to come to the racetrack. We need to entertain them from start to finish. And that will start for them when they walk through the gate with the kids club. We're going to have prizes will be given away. Um, We've got some great sponsors coming on board to help out with it. Um, It'll be good. I like to ask racers this question, and and I I think I'll close with this question for you. I love to ask racers what their superstition is. Uh, Do you have a superstition on race day, or do you have something that is a part of every single race day? It's just a part of your program. I have a superstition, and when I get done saying it, people are going to be asking to look in my shoes, but during the week, if I come across the penny heads up, I pick it up and it goes in my right shoe and it does not come out. So I might have 15 pennies in that right shoe before season's over. (laughs) That is my superstition. And I won't kill a spider. I will not kill a spider on race day. Um, Because, you know, you kill a spider, it's going to rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are my big, my two big ones. All the right. Pe- the penny ones people laugh at, but I'm telling you, I was I'm s- doing it. The, the penny beginning. one's got to be uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it can, it can be, it can be, but I'm, I'm like, oh no, I have to do it. I have to do it. Nobody hates rain more than I do on race day. Nobody. Right now, I, I woke up this morning and I'm like, it's truck day. I get to watch the truck race tonight and it's raining in Martinsville. Yeah. Not make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I, I can definitely say our fans relate with that. So, yeah. Uh, like, ah. sure. Well, uh, I, Hey, I appreciate the time. I cannot believe how quick uh, 20 plus minutes has rolled by here. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think it just speaks to all the good things that are happening and all the great stuff things that we have to look forward to this year and uh well you know Stephen, real quick I yeah. gotta be honest I gotta be honest with you and I've said this to Paul um you know a year ago when the position was posted and I had people blowing up my phone you know you you gotta you gotta apply you gotta apply and I was like no way like come on it's the land of legends <laughs> like I cannot possibly be the be, be like the operations director there and I applied and here we are now. And I still have to pinch myself. It's the land of legends raceway. Like it's Canadagua Speedway. Whoa. I, <laughs> I, I, I am blessed to be a part of it. Absolutely and blessed. Right there with you. Right there with yes. you. I, you know, the first time walking through those gates as, as an employee, you know, yeah. wow. You know, nerve wracking for yeah. me it was, but um, sure. the comfort level came along quickly. Um, and I just love doing what I do. So that really helps. And it's great to be a part of such a professionally run business. Last year I had, and not to keep going, but last year we had a very prominent sponsor in this business. They are at many of the local racetracks. 
And their quote was, you guys have set the bar on what we will expect moving forward. That <laughs> meant the world to me. I, I have goosebumps right now thinking about when those words were said to me, because that just means like we really do it right. And that such a huge part of that is the production. Huge, huge part of it. Well, we're, we're getting ready to do it again here. Uh, yes, ho- we hopefully, are. hopefully in a couple weeks and uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got a podcast I like listening to with Corey LaJoy. He's called Stacking Pennies. And I, I think <laughs> maybe that's what we ought to call your shoe regimen, uh, Stacking Pennies with Tanner Robinson. Sure. <laughs> I like I'm it. I'm good with it. Hey, thanks. It's for weird, the... but it's mine. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. We own it. <laughs> it was, works for me. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Like, well, what do you hey, mean it's going to rain? No, it's not. I found a penny. <laughs> that's right. And I didn't kill the spider. So and I that... did not kill the spider. <laughs> Spiders get to live in my office on race day. They are golden. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tana, thank you for the time again. Thanks, I'm, I'm so excited to get this season going. Oh, and, me too. And Let's do I, it. I appreciate too the, the the opportunity for our fans that listen in here to kind of get a little behind the scenes. I, we've had uh, Rooster on before. Paul's a, a fairly prominent guest on on the podcast to kind of get that you know behind the curtain peek without giving away all of our secrets. But yeah. you know, it's uh, I know the fans appreciate it, so thank you. Yes, well, you are welcome, and thank you for asking me. Um, very enjoyable, and I love talking racing, so. I just cannot wait. We just need Mother Nature to take her meds, turn, <laughs> turn off the faucet, and let's let's do this. Yeah, let's get it dried up here. Yes. That's our that's our A main interview of the week. Tana Robinson, you'll see her on race day. And uh, hey, if you find a heads up penny, uh, send it her way, or stick it in your <laughs> own shoe on race day. We'll yes. be right back here after uh, this quick word, and uh, we'll we'll close out our first podcast of the season. Let's roll back the calendar with this week in Land of Legends history. That's right. It's this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. And we took a look. uh, Big shout out to Bob Miller, uh, one of the uh, many uh, passionate track historians who has been there and and seen a lot of it. Uh, Maybe not every single race, but man, he has been there for a lot of them. We rolled back the calendar back to 1994 for this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. And the season kicked off in April, on April 23rd, 1994. And that's actually when opening day is uh, slated for 2022 at the Land of Legends. And winning on opening night back in 1994 was Bob McCready. And that was a name that you heard many, many, many times in 1994. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, not done yet. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 wins for Barefoot Bob McCready in 1994. Now, Bob is just one of uh, the, the many names that you think of that have dominated the land of legends over the years. And another name that dominated in terms of championships and wins, the Hurricane Steve Payne. He did not crack victory lane, not once in 1994. In fact, there were only four drivers who made it to victory lane at Canadagua that season. Bob McCready, 15 times. Alan Johnson, four times. And then who was the fourth driver or the uh, third and fourth driver? I'll give you a second to, uh, to, to try to answer that one. Canada Joe, Joe Plazek and his Maple Leaf special. And who was the other driver? I'm not sure if you're going to come up with this one. I would because I'm a big fan of the water wagon. Johnny Moravic, the gas man, winning on July 2nd, 1994. Only four drivers won features that season. In fact, there were two occasions where they had to run double features 
Uh, May 14th was Bob McCready and Alan Johnson, and they ran double features again on June 18th of 1994. And guess who won those two? Yeah, you guessed it. Barefoot Bob, Bob McCready. So McCready's 15 wins is how we roll back the calendar this week in Land of Legends history, taking a look back at the 1994 season here on Where Legends Are Made. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor heat with three where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. 